Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm talking with Hugh Culver about time. And since we're all busy and time is something we all feel like we don't have enough of, let's get right into the interview. How's that for an intro? All right, this week, I get to bring a 40-year entrepreneur on the show, Hugh Culver. Hugh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Eric. You know, I am a big fan of Beyond the To-Do List, so I'm really excited about being on the show. So, yeah, you, you interviewed me for your show uh, when we were both face-to-face in San Diego for Michael Stelzner's Social Media Marketing World. I feel like I keep saying, uh, one, Michael's name and Social Media Marketing World over and over again on this show, but it was just such an awesome event. In fact, we actually sat and had dinner uh, where was that? It was like uh, the upper something. What was that called? Um, top of the top of the market. That's top of the market. Was. Yes, yeah. right there on the bay. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> let, so what's your show name? And let's do a little bit of background about uh, you know who you are, what you do, and then let's go and talk about time and what. <laughs> and then you can and then you can go ahead and insult all the people listening. <laughs> Well, you know, I first of all, I've never been introduced as a 40-year entrepreneur. And given that I had my birthday yesterday, it makes me feel a little bit aged. But uh, I actually got into the whole world of being an entrepreneur through my older brother. And uh, I came from a very large family, nine kids. And my older brother was a very unique, extraordinary guy who got into adventure tourism when people really didn't even know what that was. And this was in the very early 70s, and he started one of the very first whitewater rafting companies in Western Canada, where I live. And that uh, I joined him a a few years later, I think maybe I was 15 years old, (laughs) and I couldn't drive. But I could guide. And so I actually was learning how to guide down some of the wild rivers in Western Canada. And that really led me into a love of entrepreneurship. Um, 
Of course, I had other jobs at the same time I was going through university, but I stayed with Adventure Tourism for over 15 years. And after we sold that company, I started guiding in the Yukon and Northwest Territories. And then uh, shortly after that, joined up with three partners and we started a company taking people to the South Pole. So I created with my partners the world's only tourism company on the Antarctic continent. So we literally were on the continent. We flew from southern Chile with our airplanes and we took people mountain climbing. We took them to see the emperor penguins. But primarily the big goal was to, uh, well, first of all, to climb the highest mountain down there, but also to fly to the pool. And that company still exists. And so I ran that company for uh, three years. It had um, big sales, big success. You know, we're dealing in quite literally millions of dollars. I was signing contracts that were 1.5, 1.8 million, and I was <laughs> buying airplanes I'd never seen before. <laughs> so it was a very uh, exciting time for a guy in his early 20s. And so then I uh, sold that, went to graduate school, and here I am. You know, now I consult to companies and to entrepreneurs. Wow. And so yeah. then the podcast uh, that I'll be on yep. sometime soon here, um, what is it Ex- called and what's the what, sure. why should people listen? Yeah, thanks. So it's called Experts Enterprise and it's really focused at people who are, you know, really more or less like me. So I'm focusing on people who are in that expert category. So they are coaches, online marketers, consultants and speakers. And the enterprise part is I really try to help them to create a successful business. So the people that I work with, they are very good at what they do. So they are very good at communication skills, leadership training, family counseling, you know, marketing. Uh, and where they are looking to grow is in the profitable side of their business and in particular in creating something that's going to have multiple streams of income so that they're not just simply renting their time. Yeah. Um renting their time so when we talked when we saw each other face to face you threw this thing at me that kind of was like a paradigm shift or at least it will be for a lot of people where in dealing with entrepreneurs and and time management you said it's not that they they have not enough time like they say it's you said they have too much time. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Can you you explain why somebody would think they, why you think entrepreneurs as busy as they are, uh, whether that activity is spinning their wheels or it's actually accomplishing something, which we should talk more about that. Sure. Sure. Um, why you say entrepreneurs have too much time. Sure. So, uh, um, so I, I have an unusual opportunity because I am a keynote speaker and have been for 18 years. And so virtually every week, I'm in front of hundreds, if not thousands of people. So I get to test ideas. And one of the ideas that I started testing many years ago was the difference between the day before vacation (laughs) and three days before vacation. And so when I ask an audience, what's it like the day before vacation, you can see this this immediate change in their physiology because uh, they kind of inwardly groan. Uh, they, they, they look up because they know exactly what I'm talking about. And when I ask them what it's like, I hear comments like it was 
uh, you know, I was so I was so productive. Like I finally got this thing, one thing done. My desk was clean for the first time. I made a decision about this thing that I'd been nagging, had been nagging on my mind for months. And so what I've come to understand, and I'm no different, is that the day before vacation, we become very effective with our time. And so with entrepreneurs, what I think happens is that unless they have a deadline, like I'm going away on vacation, um, they tend to fall into the trap of Parkinson's law, which of course is work expands to fill the time allotted. So they show up with kind of a haphazard sort of plan for the day. They have maybe a few things during the day that they must be attentive to. So there's a a phone call, a conference call, uh, there's a client they're meeting with. And then the rest of the day, they just, things just sort of spread out. And so we have this natural ability to respond to urgency. Robert Fritz talks about this when he talks about creative tension. And he says that when we have some urgency in our life, like, oh, okay, I've got to get ready to go and make this presentation, or I've got this, uh, this uh, say, some kind of report I have to finish for a client, or it is the day before vacation, we tend to ramp up, we become much more attentive, we become more divisive or uh, decisive in terms of making decisions, and we are much more effective with our time. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't have that urgency in their day, they let things spread out, and then they start to feel busy, but it's not a very productive busy. So you're kind of talking about this the appeal the 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 appeal to uh entrepreneurship for so many entrepreneurs is one they don't want to work for somebody else two they want to work for themselves three they want that freedom that flexibility that i can do anything i want anytime i want anywhere i want and the technology has actually caught up with that and so now we can like literally your uh your millions of miles well not millions but your hundreds and hundreds of maybe thousands of miles away from me right now and and here we are sitting having a conversation recording it and we can do that the technology allows us to to do that so we've got these these tools that allow us to you know bend time and space however because we can bend it so much if i hear you correctly you're saying we almost have no rigidity to our schedule now in terms of entrepreneurs, heck, even non-entrepreneurs suffer from this. And there's no the, – the sense of urgency of having to deliver or as Seth Godin calls it, ship, mm-hmm. uh, it, it starts to feel like, oh, you know, I'll get, I'll get to it. So you're saying Good. we feel like we have all the time in the world. We have too much time. Or, or the illusion of it even. Yeah, very good. And on top of that, that's, ex- that's exactly right. And on top of that, most entrepreneurs now are trying to manage multiple marketing platforms, either because socially they want to do it for fun, like they want to go to Facebook and talk to their friends, or they want to be on Twitter because they're thinking that you know it's a good marketing strategy. And so now what happens is not only do they have this flexibility to take their work with them whenever, they also have this never-ending demand on their time. And so what starts to happen is there's no real boundaries. So for example, their day doesn't really start at nine and at four. Their day just sort of is this has these gray boundaries where it kind of starts when they wake up and it kind of ends when they go to bed. And I think that what starts to happen is it's very easy to start to feel like you've lost uh, control. 
And what that starts to look like is you feel overwhelmed. You feel like you can never catch up. You feel like you must maintain these massive lists so that you can keep track of all these things. And I don't think that's why people wanted to become an entrepreneur in the first place. They were looking for what you described, Eric. They're looking for some freedom, some flexibility. Definitely, they want to put their lifestyle first or their family first. So what I'm saying is, if we're not careful in today's era, what I call this age of distraction, it's really easy to start to feel like your entrepreneurship venture, your business is running your life. Uh, Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people, or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like, I mean, I know we're just going around in circles to a certain point describing a problem, but I feel like fully analyzing or making people aware of that. And again, this is even, this isn't even, uh, just a problem for entrepreneurs. It, it's a problem for a lot of people. Like Parkinson, like you said, Parkinson's law. Uh, I, I feel like that applies to just everybody. I mean, there have been things I've seen online where people have said, "Hey, let's do a four-day work week instead of a five-day work week." And honestly, I've always been on board with that because I believe that you know you eliminate one of those days and give people three day a three-day weekend. Uh, consistently, one, they'll be more rested, and two, they're going to get that same amount of work done in the four days that they used to do in the five. So, Yeah, that's very exciting. Actually, this is really great because I think that if people are resonating with what we're talking about, Eric, and they're feeling like, yeah, I've got that weight on my shoulders, that never-ending to-do list, then I think that that's one of the ways to actually test the waters. And so what that could look like is, for example, you say, all right, uh, at 4.30 every day, uh, I stop work. And like one of my rules, by the way, is after uh, I leave, I have an office with staff. And so after I leave that office and go home, I won't do any work. All I can do is uh, read uh, if I'm going to use my computer, in other words, it's, it's simply to be reading content, but I'm not going to do actual work. Um, I have uh, and, and another one would be, of course, the four-day work week. And so if people say, okay, I'm going to take three days off every weekend. Uh, then I think what happens is you test yourself and you start to understand, first of all, well, could I get it all done in less time? And secondly, what you start to 
test out is, does it make me feel differently about my work? In other words, if I was to take my evenings off or take my Fridays off or whatever, does it make me feel better about my work? Well, if so, that's a good thing. And now the only question is, okay, how can you be really super effective with the time you have left? Yeah. And and even you said the thing about the oh gosh, it was it was about um when when people have the oh, vacation, the vacation mentality, sorry. Sure, day before like, vacation, yes. yeah. Yeah, the day yeah. before vacation. It's the same thing like apply the reason that the day before vacation thing works or or that the, there's a change mentally is because one there's a clear boundary. There's a clear, okay, tomorrow I will not be here. So it has to get done today or it doesn't get done. And if it doesn't get done, then it's on me and good. taking that ownership of that. Um, and That's so good. that same – though, what I, that, that mental you – know, the mental leaps I just described right there, like that can be applied to everybody. I mean even, even a person – again, if you're saying a person who's about to go on vacation – uh, will get everything done and have that that mental shift the day before they're out of the office, and you you know you can apply that to an entrepreneur. You can apply that to people at home who work from home, or um, you know all that it applies to everybody. I think. Yeah. What do you think? Absolutely, it, it does. And and uh, you know, obviously, as a speaker, that's my main audience. My main audience is not entrepreneurs. You know, as a speaker, I'm in front of mostly um, large conferences, and so the people I'm speaking to have a job. And I think it applies the same way. So, I, if I could, can I give you four yeah. four ways that people could test the water? Yeah, let's do. Okay, this. all right. So, if people are interested in what we're talking about here, and they're realizing that. You know, this resonates with me. Like, I do let my workday bleed into the evenings. You know, it's, it's like this one client I had, and she called it her guilt bag. You know, she took home the guilt <laughs> bag every day. Nice. And the reason she called it the guilt bag was because she felt guilty every time she looked at it. Um, so, if, you're, if, you, if you understand what we're talking about, it sounds like you, here's four things that you can do. Now, I'm going to preface by saying this that. Uh, you don't have to do all these four things and you could do it simply as an experiment. Like I'll try this to see the reaction, but all of these will make a difference to your relationship with time. In my opinion, the first is boundaries. So the boundary would be to create periods of time in the day when you only do one specific thing. And what happens? So for example, for me, when I first arrive at the office, I typically will spend maybe 10 minutes checking email. And now I check a little bit of social media, but I keep it to about 10 minutes and I'm only looking at urgent things. But from that time till 1030 is only this kind of a work. Is, is this kind of work. So, you know, talking to you, Eric, um, doing interviews for my podcast, doing client proposals, and that's it. And Sarah, who works with me and she's in the next room, it's the same thing for her. So we don't really talk until about 1030. That's called a boundary. And, and by the way, it's really good if you start to line your boundaries up with your natural 24-hour circadian rhythm, which I won't go into great detail, but everybody knows they have you know, better energy at some times of the day than other. So just simply start thinking in terms of when do I want to do the hardest work? Well, it's when I'm at my best energy. When do I want to do routine work? It's when I'm at my lowest energy. So I know for me, from 9 a.m. till 10.30, 
uh, that's hard work first thing in the morning. And then in the afternoon, from about 1.30 to about 2.30 is another zone. That's the first thing is boundaries. And the one I already mentioned is when I go home, that's a boundary time. That's time for relaxation and family and exercise and friends. And so when I go home, that's kind of a boundary as well. Um, so that's the first thing is boundaries. The second one is blocking. And so I love this one because as a guy that's worked so many years with clients, um, I know that I innately respond really well to an appointment. So if, if, I'm, if I'm on a conference call with a client, you know, at 2.15, I'll be on that phone, I'll be on that, you know, I'll be ready at like, you know, 2 o'clock and I'll be prepping my notes. So the same thing applies to us. So block time for yourself. So I do this on Fridays and I block time to get specific projects moved forward. So for example, I might block time to do interview phone calls previous to a keynote, which is one of my routines. So I'll phone, you know, I phone four to six people before every keynote and I need to block that time. Otherwise it never happens because it's not something the client really measures. It's something that I do just for my own benefit to help prepare. So I need to block that time. I block time to write show notes. I block time uh, to work on client proposals. And so that's another strategy. And so the boundaries and blocking are all about putting some discipline into your week. And again, you may find that this is exactly what you needed to do and you want to run with it. Or you may find that um, it's actually just a really good test for you to see if you need more discipline in your week. Okay, third strategy is batching. This one's pretty obvious, but a lot of people need to practice this. Batching is when you put all your emails together and you do them in like one 10-minute block and then you do not look at email for an hour. Batching is when I return my phone calls. Batching is when I, um, I, uh, uh, I update my... Um, my, my, what I call my flight plan, my plan for the week. And so I just look at things that are really um, very kind of similar and I try to do them all at the same time. So for example, if I am going to be reviewing my client list for the coming month from my, my upcoming events, so I do that all at once. I update my calendar all at once. And so batching, is, it's more um, efficiency than effectiveness, but it's a really big time saver and it stops you from switching from task to task. And the most obvious one would be updating social media or checking your email. And then the fourth one, one of my favorites is taking breaks. So we've got boundaries, blocking, batching, and the last one is to take breaks. A lot of entrepreneurs skip this one and for some mysterious reason, they think that working longer and longer hours without taking a break makes them more productive. Well, obviously, uh, that's not true. And there's tons of studies which basically say, you know, if you don't stand up, not only is it hard on your body because sitting is so damaging to us, um, but also it's really hard on your attention and your energy. And so the discipline is to you don't necessarily have to schedule them, but to know that, you know, uh, about every 20 minutes you should be standing up and about every 90 minutes you should be taking a break. And so a really simple thing to encourage you to take more breaks is kind of a neat little trick is to move your garbage can away. So move your garbage can, your recycling can, and your water away from your desk. And like quite literally, you are basically tricked into standing up about every 10 or 15 minutes and use those excuses to actually get your body moving. So there's four strategies, boundaries, uh, blocking, batching, and breaks, and all of those are discipline-oriented, and I think 
all of them create for a much healthier entrepreneurship experience. Oh, I, I, I am going to have to go back and listen to that again <laughs> because that was that was great. Um, I love the idea of of moving your stuff away from your desk and not making you know your desk some kind of self sufficiency station <laughs> where yeah. I have everything I need right here. I can sit here all day and and sit and quote unquote work well. You won't get – as you sit there, you'll get less and less work done and oh, I love it. I love it. Good. So cool. yeah. And if people think – and if people have not done this, they really should go on Google and they should look at a couple of huge um, – the, the reports that came out around April of last year, 2013, where they start talking about the danger of sitting. And some for some bizarre reason, this has really only come to light recently. And it's, there's been a couple of huge longitudinal studies that were reported uh, last April about sitting. And some of them, uh, some of the articles refer to sitting as the new cancer. And it's, you know, from one point of view, standing up and exercising, clearly it's good for your health. And these studies really articulate it very clearly. Like there are some very dangerous side effects of sitting. In fact, they say that over four hours a day doubles your risk of uh, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and weight gain. Um, but in addition to that, it's just simply not good for your energy. And so, but the, the macro idea here, Eric, is that these are just four examples of what I would refer to as disciplines. And I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's easy to slide into, first of all, well, I've got all week and so I've got that kind of like all week mentality. I'll just do it at some point during the week. And what happens then is you do let things spread out and you lack the kind of discipline that naturally happens when a person shows up at an office and then, you know, they have regular meetings they have to attend to and go to. And then they know they have to go home because everybody else is going home, right? So there's a natural discipline uh, that is inculcated into a nine to five job. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs need to put some more discipline into their day. Yeah, definitely. I know I could use that uh, being at home now. And uh, it's definitely interesting, that friction between, again, the the freedom to do anything you want, anywhere you want, and the discipline to make sure you actually have results. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's good. It's, it's kind of like um, – yeah, it's kind of like a double-edged sword, right? So as an entrepreneur, I get this freedom and I get the chance to basically decide what I do every day. But on the other side, I get freedom and I get the chance to decide what I do every day, <laughs> right? And so there's um, there's a sort of a need there, I think, to be a little bit attentive to not only what are you doing, but how are you doing it? Yeah, definitely. So And so uh, you wrote a book, Give Me a Break. Yes, and and that i mean is that basically breaking out those four things yeah uh, yeah in many ways i think those are obviously included and uh, more obviously. yeah and more yeah so big uh, give me a break is is based on well, first of all, like what I tried to do was not write a time management book. I didn't. I, the world doesn't need another time management book, in my opinion. So I, I wrote it from both my own experience as an entrepreneur who really strives to create things, and obviously, you know, you know, anybody that's going to start a company in Antarctica, you know, is also willing to take some risks. And I also wrote from my client's experience because at, at the time I wrote the book, which is in 2011. 
you know, I'd already worked with about 20,000 people at that point over uh, as a speaker consultant and as a coach. Um, and so I thought well, rather than traditional books about time management, I would start with how we think. And so the first third of the book is actually about how you think about time and just addressing some of the the stories that we tell ourselves around time. So, for example, addressing issues like, you know, if you say to yourself, well, I work better under pressure, you know, or um, I've always done it this way. Or you say, you know, you say things like, um, uh, you know, there'll be a lot more time next week. Or you have, we have all these like sort of stories we tell ourselves. And then what I addressed in the book was the danger of those stories and not checking them because, Naturally, what humans do is once we create a story, whether it's a good story, like I love my work, I love working with this person, or it's not such a good story, like, uh, oh, I'm a procrastinator, or I'm not good at this, or whatever, is we look for evidence to prove it's true. And so the first part of the book is really just addressing your relationship with time, because that's, I think, more important than strategies and tips and tactics. And then I do show people a, a new way of planning. And I call it plan like a pilot, and it's what I learned from my uh, experience in Antarctica. And actually, I learned it one day by talking to one of my pilots, and I just noticed that there was something very unique about the way pilots plan their trip that we as entrepreneurs, or actually anybody for that matter, can can learn from, and that um, pilots always fly to a destination. They always fly to a destination. Pilots don't go sightseeing. You know, <laughs> even when they're sightseeing, there's a destination. And I think for a lot of people, perhaps even listening to this uh, podcast, is they need to understand that um, that pilots are basically successful almost 100% of the time because they have a destination always in mind. And it, the destination is never a to-do list, ever. That's not a destination. Uh, so I explain to people how that system works and how to apply it in their life. And, and that's probably the most popular part of the book is how to plan like a pilot. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that whole idea. I mean, it, it plays into, you know, knowing how much fuel you need, if you need to stop along the way, if you, um, you know, how high you're going to go, how far you're going, because you know where it is you're, you're going to. Jeez. Well, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So the story is I was talking to one of my pilots. I had six pilots at the time. And I asked him, what's it like to fly in Antarctica? And I, I thought he was going to say, oh, it's so romantic and, you know, Shackleton and Amundsen and Scott. And what he actually said was, well, to be honest with you, over half the time I'm off course. And, and I was uh, once I got over my shock, I realized what he was talking about was very similar to what people experience at work, which is, okay, we've got this idea of what we want to get done. Let's call it a to-do list. And we go to work and right away, maybe even within the first 30 minutes, we're off course because we checked our email or someone sent us a request or the phone rings. And then so then we, we attend to that. Then we go back to our to-do list and we try to do something else and then we're off course. And so by 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the morning, not only has our list gotten longer instead of shorter, we're feeling lots of anxiety. And what a pilot does is something different. You see, when a pilot goes off course, let's say, for example, they have to go around an obstacle, which we always really appreciate, or they have to change altitude because of wind speeds, or, there's a, or maybe there's a weather formation coming up. What happens is they, they recalibrate their course back to where they're going to land. You see, they don't – a to-do list in, in, a, in, a, in the world of flying, a to-do list is like the nose of your airplane. It's just another thing you got to do to move forward. But what a pilot's most interested in is 
no matter what, I'm going to land in that city. That's where I'm going to land. And how I get there, given enough fuel and time and everything else, but how I get there is not really that relevant. What's important is I'm going to land there. And so the idea with Plan Like a Pilot is, you're sure you can have a to-do list, like I've got one in front of me right now. But what's more important is I have a flight plan. And that flight plan gets me to Friday. And that flight plan is maybe... 10 or 12 items, and that's it. And it's the flight plan that I return to. So when I finish this interview with you, Eric, which I'm, which I'm enjoying, by the way, <laughs> when I finish it, I'm going to go look at my flight plan, not my to-do list. You see, because my flight plan has all the big nuggets I must get done by Friday. And usually these are the things that I would typically procrastinate about that are very strategic or they impact other people. And it's those things that I will be proud about. I'm never proud about a to-do list. Like, it's nice, I got it finished, and then literally it goes into a recycling bin. Uh, It's the flight plan that counts. Oh, I love it. So you're saying that the pilots are basically going beyond their to-do list. They are going beyond their their to-do list. There we go. Can we tweet tweet that out? Oh, that's so tweetable. (laughs) It's definitely happening. So, all right. So in our last couple minutes here, talk to me about your new seven-day online training course, the Time Freedom Program. Sure. You bet. And so I'm really excited about this. I wanted to call it – first of all, the idea of a Time Freedom Program is is not so much that we sit around drinking Mai Tais on a beach somewhere, but that freedom is – comes from having – the control over how we spend our time. So we have the freedom to choose how we spend our time. And again, this applies to people who have a nine to five traditional job or they are entrepreneurs or in fact, they're, they are, you know, a stay at home dad. So the time freedom formula is to give people control of the time so they have the freedom to choose how they spend the time. And the idea of the formula is that it's actually a process that they go through. And so the way the program works is that every day, uh, they take one short lesson and usually they're under 15 minutes and I explain through video one more piece of this formula. And as you might imagine, it starts with, well, how we think about time. And so to overcome all these myths and stories that we've created about time, because this is what holds a lot of people back, is they believe that they actually have a limited capability about time. And so, and I believe that now, especially in this age of distraction, it's even more important that you get a grip on this because it's so easy to get pulled away. And then every day we go through another piece of the puzzle. So I teach them how to actually create goals goals, how to create more effective habits, how to actually plan like a pilot. Um, and, and, and every day they get another piece of the puzzle until eventually they've got the entire, um, the entire formula. And you know, already we've been selling this program for I think two weeks now. And um, already I am so excited by the results that I am seeing from everything from people who are self-employed who are in the expert community uh, or you know I've got I've got lawyers I've got people that work for government uh, that are taking this program and so we're getting uh, we're getting great results that's awesome and uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that I've got an affiliate code for that program and people honestly if they if they sound interested if they hear all the stuff we've talked about with time in this episode this is the next place to go to take another deep dive and really just get a handle on the disciplines that you need to to really squeeze these results 
out of your life if you've been feeling like you're just not getting the right things done or you're feeling distracted or overwhelmed or or whatever. So uh, my code for that, my my link is uh, go to beyondthetodolist.com slash TFF. It rhymes with BFF. So easy to remember, <laughs> beyondthetodolist.com slash TFF. That stands for Time Freedom Formula. Nice. Very so, nice. Yeah. Hugh, it's been awesome to have you on the show. This is become one of my favorites already. Thanks, man. So I'm going to definitely have to listen back through this and take more notes, which is a good thing because I have to do that anyway for my show notes. So quite cool. Well, I learned a lot myself. Thank you so much. Well, listen, thank you, Eric. And as you know, I am a big fan of Beyond the To-Do List. I have a beautiful dog that gets walked twice a day, and you're on my shopping list every day to get caught up. And in fact, I was listening to uh, your interview. Was it Claire, I think, uh, this morning? Yes. Uh, yeah, who she's been on twice. And so, yeah, I'm a big fan. And so for me, it's really exciting to be a part of your show. Awesome. Hugh, thanks so much for being on the show. My pleasure. Thanks, Eric. Wasn't that cool? I, I love talking with Hugh. It was really cool to talk to him live in San Diego for Social Media Marketing World and then again on the show so quickly after recording with him when I was on his show. So I think you may understand now uh, as much as I do that time is just one of those things. It's one of those resources, again, like we've talked about with money. <laughs> you got to learn to balance it and budget it and manage it and – the time freedom formula from Hugh. I'm blown away by it. I think you will be too. Go check that out at beyondthetodolist.com slash TFF. It's almost like BFF, but it's TFF. It's your time friend forever. Anyway, again, check that out at beyondthetodolist.com slash TFF to go check out the videos and introduction that Hugh gives on that course. If you're not sold already, definitely worth investing in. That's all for this episode. I'm Eric Fisher. I'll see you next time. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, theorize over the TV shows Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, and Under the Dome. Laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx.